Hey, thanks for listening to the CMC podcast. My name is Noah Tice, and I'm the media director here at CMC. And before we get into our message, I just wanted to plug our young adult ministry, Applied Life Leaders Academy. If you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you'll know that CMC is always about the next generation of leaders. And so Applied Life Leaders Academy has been a major part of our mission for over 37 years. As an alumni of the program, I can tell you that if you know a young person with a call of leadership on their life who has a desire to grow in their personal purpose and ministry, Applied Life is a perfect fit. And for more information, visit AppliedLife.com and follow us on all social media platforms at Applied Life Leaders Academy. And now for a sermon by Pastor Chloe Cook. Welcome, church. How is everyone tonight? Good? Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you to our worship team. Y'all are so great. We have this app that we use to schedule all of the people that do everything that they do. And I was looking to see what time everyone has to get here for every service. And I was like, man, it's the, it's the work of God. And it's a lot of servant-hearted people who say yes to God. And so we are so thankful. Production team, worship team, anyone who helps out, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, tonight we are talking about Rahab, and I am very excited to talk about Rahab. Uh, She is an awesome woman, and her faith, wow. Uh, Praise be to God for her faith. Um, So, by now, your Bible should automatically fall open to Hebrews 11, because that's what we've been talking about all year thus far. So, turn to Hebrews 11. In uh, Hebrews 11, verse 31 is where we find the line about the story of Rahab. It says, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Okay, so tonight we're going to look through the story of Rahab and see how her faith not only saved her life, but also saved the life of her family. Rahab's story, it's found in the book of Joshua, and at this time, when we, we're going to do a little backstory so that we understand what's happening. Joshua is preparing the people of Israel who have been wandering in the wilderness to cross the Jordan River and walk into the land that God had promised to give his people. So these people have been wandering and Joshua is prepping them to enter the land that the Lord had promised them. So Joshua tells the commanders of Israel in Joshua chapter 1 verse 11, go through the camp, the camp that they're all staying at, and tell the people, tell the Israelites to get their provisions ready. Tell them to get all of their things in order. Because in three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. However, the land that God was going to give them was occupied by people. So Joshua had to send two spies to scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, which actually uh, he instructed them to pay special attention to the most, what we would call military city in the Jordan Valley, which was the city of Jericho. So the city of Jericho, it was a stronghold in the path of the Israelites to walk into the land the Lord had promised to give them. So this is the beginning of Joshua, the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, Josh fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Okay, (laughs) am I I the only one that knows that? I was hoping I wouldn't be the only one. I was hoping I wasn't too young or too old, but anyways, I'm glad glad y'all know it as well. Um, But I will definitely leave the uh, the singing to Lucas and the worship team, okay? Um, So let's turn to Joshua 2, 
okay? Turn with me to Joshua 2. This is where we are in the story. Joshua has just sent out two spies to scout out the land of Jericho. The two men, they go out and they come to the house of a prostitute named, named Rahab. So they enter the city of Jericho and they come, they come to the house of, of a prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there in her home that night. Okay, so we're in Joshua chapter two, verse three. Someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites, who were the two spies, have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. So the gate of Jericho shut at certain times of the day uh, so no one could leave nor enter during certain times of the day. So before the spies went to sleep that night, the doors are now shut to the city of Jericho, Rahab goes up to the roof to talk with them. She tells them that she knows the Lord has given them the land of Jericho. So, so Rahab recognizes who these two men are, that they are Israelite spies. She recognizes that uh, the Lord has given the land of Jericho to the, to the Israelite people and that everyone in the land is afraid of the Israelites. All of the people in the city of Jericho are afraid of the Israelites. The Canaanite people, which is the people group that Rahab belonged to, had heard of how the Lord made a dry path for the Israelites to the Red Sea as they left Egypt about 40 years earlier. So this is about 40 years after the Lord parts the Red Sea so the Israelites can walk through it. She recognizes that the God of the Israelites is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. And this is what she says to them. This is where her step of faith to help the Israelite spies and her risk of committing a crime of treason finds her favor. People claim that Rahab was in the wrong for lying because scripture forbids dishonesty, even if it brings God more glory, according to Romans chapter three, verses seven and eight. So that comes directly from that passage. But scripture does not commend her for lying. Rather, it commends her for her faith, which is what led her actions. Rahab's story continues and she tells the spies in verse 12, now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me in my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all of their families. So the men, they agree with her request and they give her three conditions to be met in order for this thing, this whole deal to work out. Number one, she must distinguish her house from the others by hanging a scarlet rope out of the window so the Israelites would know which home to spare. So let's think about what this means. When the first Passover takes place in Exodus chapter 12, the Israelites took the blood of a sacrificed animal and smeared it on their door frames. The Lord tells Moses and Aaron to tell the people in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you were staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. So in the same way that God had the Israelites smear the blood of an animal sacrificed on their door, 
post, when the plague of death passed through Egypt, the spies had Rahab hang a scarlet rope out of her window so that the Israelites would know to spare her home and those inside of it, which leads us to number two. Number two, her family must be inside the house during the battle. This is another condition that she has to meet. And number three, she must not later turn on the spies. So she must be a woman of her word. She must keep her word and not turn on the spies and not give them up later on. So after Rahab accepts those terms, the men use a scarlet rope to climb down the other side of the wall, since Rahab's house is recorded to actually have been built into the wall, and so it was, it was some sort of part of the wall. The Israelite spies eventually report back to Joshua, so eventually they make their way back to Joshua, and they let him know that the Lord has given them the land of Jericho. For all the people in the land are terrified of the Israelites because of what their God had brought them through, and this is what they share with, Jer with Joshua. So, how does Rahab's story end? Is she faithful to meet the conditions that the spies gave her? Let's pick up in Joshua chapter six. At this point, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people in the city of Jericho were afraid of the Israelites. And that was the main reason why they kept the gates of Jericho shut was because they were, in, they were living in fear of the Israelites because of their supreme God. So no one was allowed to enter or leave the city. Yet God was giving the Israelites this land and he gave them a very specific way to conquer the land. March around the city walls once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, march around the wall seven times. The priests will blow the horns, your people will shout and the walls of the town will collapse. When the walls collapse, Joshua commands the people to destroy everything in the town as an offering to the Lord, with the exception of Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house because she protected the Israelite spies. Look at Joshua chapter six, verse 22. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out, along with all of her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it. Only the things made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept for the treasury of the Lord's house. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Eventually, Rahab marries an, a man named uh, Salmon, and his name is spelled like salmon, and so I was mentally preparing not to say salmon, but his name is pronounced Salmon. She marries a, a man named Salmon, and her and Salmon are included in the lineage of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. So ultimately, uh, Rahab was not the most ideal person to come to faith in the God of Israel uh, because of where she lived, number one, and number two, because she was known as Rahab the prostitute. However, Rahab had heard of the God of the Israelites and the mighty things he was capable of doing, and she recognized that the God of Israel is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. It was this position of her heart, this position of her faith, a reverent fear of the Lord in recognizing who he was and who he still is, accompanied by her actions of faith that saved her and her family. I have a few Proverbs 
for you about the fear of the Lord, specifically Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Rahab had heard of what the God of Israel had done, and her right knowledge of him led her to respond in faith in the way that she did, and it resulted in her good judgment, in her, in her faith working itself out. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27, it says, fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. And in this situation, it literally offered her an escape from the snares of death. Proverbs 19, 23, fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Rahab had a heart position of reverence for the Lord, and it led her to have faith in him. The woman and her family could have faced death if she had been found out that she was hiding the spies. And the Israelites entering the city was not a matter that these people took lightly, AKA the gate not allowing anyone to enter or leave. (laughs) They were serious about this. But she recognized the spies were Israelites. She let them stay in her home. She hid them when it was necessary. She didn't deny having them in her home. And then when the time came for them to leave, she told them how to do it. Interestingly, Rahab is believed to historically be the first Gentile convert. And even more interestingly, in James chapter 2, James cites two Old Testament believers to support his teaching that true faith is confirmed by works. He mentions Abraham, the father of Israel, and Rahab, a Canaanite prostitute who took a risk on the people of God and proved the evidence of her genuine faith in God. She was shown to be right, by, right by, she was shown to be right with God by her actions and her faith compared to that of Abraham. And it's written about in James 2 to prove that faith is dead without works. And these are the two that are cited. Abraham, the father of Israel, next to Rahab, the prostitute. When we look back at Hebrews 11, we see that it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. The translation I read at the beginning of tonight states that she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. But there are many other translations that state that she received the spies with peace. She had a reverent faith in her heart, but also a peace when she hid the spies that her deliverance from destruction would be taken care of. She knew the rest of faith. Don't get the scriptures wrong. Her faith was accompanied with good works, but she had a rest in her faith, a peace in her faith, knowing that when she took the spies in, she could be found out. And the consequence for committing treason during this time and in the place that she lived in was death. But she also knew what the God of Israel had done. And so she accepted the Israelites, the two Israelite spies into her home with rest and with peace. To depend so deeply on what you know about the sovereignty and the mightiness of the God of Israel. She had peace in the midst of risking her own death by inviting the spies in. What this teaches us is that we can have peace and rest, trusting that the Lord will come through on our behalf, even when it seems like it's too late. You see, the, even after the walls of Jericho had, had fallen, the town that she had lived in, it had fallen. She knew that he was coming for her, 
even when she heard the screams outside of her house, when the war was beginning, the battle of Jericho, where the walls came tumbling down, when that was beginning and she was hearing what was taking place around her and she sits in her home and she has peace and she rests in the faith that she has in the almighty God of Israel. You know he's going to come through for you. Even when her family members thought she was insane for letting two Israelite spies stay in her home, she knew he was going to come through for her. And we know that he's going to come through for us. We know that he's going to come through for us when we have a child who's a prodigal. And we have been believing and interceding on their behalf, we can have rest. And we know and we can live in this, this place of peace and faith, a faith of peace and a faith of rest when the world around us seems like it's turmoil and chaos. We can lean back in the arms of Abba Father and we can have peace and a rest. Unlike anything that the rest of the world knows, we can have it. And we have the authority by the power of the Holy Spirit to bestow it on other people. To walk into a room and to bring peace where we go. The world needs what's on the inside of us. We have a responsibility, church. We must feed ourselves. We must steward this thing that God has given us. We must steward this relationship with the Holy Spirit and we must depend on him in peace and rest and walk out our faith. As I wrap up, I want to mention some research I did on Rahab being a prostitute. There have been people over time who have tried to argue that she wasn't a prostitute, but ultimately there's too much biblical evidence to say that she wasn't. You see, people have issues. People have issues with a prostitute being included in the lineage of Jesus. But that's the whole point of the gospel. That is the whole point of the gospel. Rahab was once a prostitute and she became the first Gentile convert included in the hall of faith that we see in Hebrews 11 compared to the faith of Abraham that we see in James chapter 2 and included in the lineage of Jesus. And that's the gospel. None of us deserve to be included in the family of God, yet here we are. And this is the gospel. Us gathering together, being here, lifting his name with our past, with my past. That's the gospel. In Rahab's life, it exemplifies the gospel. The spies come to her and she lets them into her home in a place of peace and rest. And what she says to, to the to people that come from the king of Jericho to send a message, tell her and ask her where the spies are, she responds in wisdom because she walks in a fear of the Lord. And ultimately her life, it is the gospel. And we can thank God today because our lives are the gospel as well. Will you stand with me, church? We love you, Lord. God, we thank you.
and we get to be part of the gospel. That our lives get to be a real version of what it looks like to be redeemed and set free and forever changed, oh God. You are so good and so gracious that you would send your son, and Jesus, that you would be willing to die, not only so that we could commune with you, but so that we could have life and have it to the fullest. God, I thank you that we get to have faith in you and depend on you and trust in you. Father, may we walk in a faith that is peaceful and that is restful. May we lean back in your arms and may we trust in you. We thank you for who you are, God. May your word always fall on fertile soil. May we hear your word and may we put it into action. We love you, King Jesus, and we thank you for who you are. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.